the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black. Oh, boy, what was that with that, that voice? Wow, what's going on out there? Apple says a small number of Chinese users had their Apple IDs stolen that did not have on two-form authentication. Amazon just announced a new water-resistant Kindle Paperwhite that costs $130. People keep buying me books. Stop buying me books. That's my advice. Home builder sentiment improved in October as lumber prices fell. That should help a little bit because interest rates have climbed. Money, money, money. The market is buying the dip right now. This has been an interesting period of time in the world of the stock market. As we are starting to, how shall we say, turn the page on super low interest rates. I played a CFP Chad Burton segment yesterday on my show from a couple years ago. And he mentioned super low uh, interest rates. I'm like, oops, got to got to delete that now, because the environment is no longer super low environment. Now it's a rising interest rate, and that's got a lot of people worried. That's got a lot of people worried at the, this point in time that the Federal Reserve continues to march interest rates higher, that we will slowly run out of cheap capital to fund our expansion. But sometimes that takes time. We don't have a crystal ball. Facebook wants to stop the spread of misinformation. (laughs) Oh, good luck with that one. I don't know if it's possible. It seems like the genie is out of the bottle. Reuters says the social network will ban false information about voting and fake reports of issues at polling places during the midterms. It will require fact-checking by humans, and it likely won't stop the majority of fake fake posts, right? But they're tough on it, but... There's nothing they could do about it. Twilio is buying SidGrid. SidGrid for $2 billion. The all-stock deal will integrate SidGrid's email technology into Twilio's platform, which combines voice, video, and chat. Twilio CEO called the deal a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I go, eh. Twitter's founder wants to push its users out of their bubbles. Jack Dorsey told the Wired 25 conference in San Francisco that Twitter does contribute to the so-called filter bubbles where people see their views echoed and amplified by those they follow. He says he wants to fix that. It's not clear just what Twitter can do. Man, I don't know. I think Facebook or Twitter can do anything. You know, my, my news feed on Twitter is filled with news that I'm looking for for, for financial media. So it just kind of continues to push my I'm a financial media guy image in my head. Ford is trying to boost sales in China. It just unveiled a new territory SUV aimed at educated buyers in smaller cities with growing families. Ford calls it the fastest-growing automotive segment in the world. Everyone loves China. We want access to China. China loves Americans because we have capital. Everyone loves 
and wants China. Ford wants China. Ford's been facing a serious sales slump in China and plans to introduce dozens of new vehicles there in the coming years. Lyft is doing that unlimited plan for $299 to get up to 30 rides a month. That's only if the rides cost 15 or less. If the cost is higher, then you pay the difference. Lyft says the program is designed for those who frequently use the service for short trips. I like the you pay the difference. <clears throat> so essentially, if you're using a lot of Lyft, you should get the service because you get get something out of it. <laughs> Venture capitalists, this is something I'm seeing a lot more of right now. Venture capitalist Roger McNamee says, resist the urge to, fall to, uh, to buy falling tech stocks. Uncertainty about interest rates, fiscal policy, trade in the midterms means it's a good time to be defensive. McNamee says he feels more comfortable with shorts or bets that equities will fall. I don't recommend that. The economy is still strong, but there are an awful lot of signals out there to suggest that equity prices are going to suffer relative to more conservative investments, so says McNamee. Very volatile session, and volatility is picking up right now. So there's analysts are lining up on recession, bear market, bull market, correction, buy on the dips. A lot of people are lining up. So we've lived in an environment where the expectation was interest rates would be up. You've got higher inflation on the horizon. You've got major changes going on in the U.S. fiscal policy. In terms of tax cuts, you've got major changes in our trading policy. He wants people to slow down. Now, Larry Fink, on the other hand, and if my last name was Fink, I probably would change my last name. What's the worst last name? BlackRock chairman Larry Fink says he saw huge outflows before last week's stock plunge due to more fear amongst investors. Wednesday and Thursday of last week saw the heaviest selling of the week when the Dow plummeted 1,400 points in two sessions. One of my friends who dislikes Trump on Facebook uh, conveniently points out that Trump once said, if the market's down 1,000 points in two days, that president should be fired. And it was talked about Obama at the time. You're fired. It's just, You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Larry Fink says that companies are having margin pressures because of rising wages. And when Amazon steps up and says $15 for all employees in the future, it's basically set the minimum wage for America to 15 bucks, Just like that. Concerns that the Federal Reserve under Jerome Powell might raise rates more than forecast if help people uh, get a little bit stressed. I like stress. It does me well. Job openings hit a record 7.1 million in August. That's going to drive the Federal Reserve bonkers because they want to raise interest rates. Job openings are, are you could take this job and shove it because you can go to another job opening. You could tell your boss to, they're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it anymore. I want free sushi, and then you go to work for a company that has free sushi, but you quit because you want a free sushi. I'm not gonna take this anymore. So the job openings are very inflationary because people will shop their, their talent. And if you're worth more, you, you can go get it. I don't even want to open the can of worms on Elizabeth Warren and Trump and the DNA test and him calling her Pocahontas. Uh, he's a little tone deaf using the term Pocahontas because that's not exactly a term that is uh, endeared by anyone. What was that all about? Especially American Indians or indigenous people. Uh, Pocahontas was not a good term. U.S. economic outlook versus the rest of the globe is brightest in 11 years. 
The downside about that is eventually we need the rest of the world. But I wonder why our economic outlook is fantastic. Is it because we spent a trillion and a half dollars on tax cuts? So instead of like having a better balance sheet, we just say we don't want we don't want to pay off our debt. We'll just give it back to the people who gave it to us. Sometimes it's the corporations, sometimes it's the taxpayers. But eighty five percent of respondents to a Bank of America Merrill Lynch fund manager survey sees sees global growth in late stages. Recession is looming. It's been very negative recently, hasn't it? The, the, the tone on Wall Street shifted with higher rates in emerging markets and foreign markets. Can't call Italy an emerging market. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, One of the things I I really want you to focus on is getting to retirement with enough money. I know that sounds ridiculous, but most people are setting themselves up to fail and not necessarily to win. Um, in retirement. Stock options. If you have stock options, you should contact a financial planner, potentially um, sit down and get to know them. Have them run some plans for you. There's no shame in interviewing two or three financial planners. I work with an accountant. I work with a financial planner. I work with an estate planning attorney. I work with a mortgage lender. Many of these things I know I could do partially on my own, but not as well as I should be able to. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I have experts work with me. Should you? Or is that something you don't really want to do? And I get it. I get it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about money. We can talk about investing. uh, You name it. I'll talk about it with you. So one of the people that I like a lot, obviously, is Warren Buffett. Just because he says a lot of smart things. And if you want a list of Warren Buffett quotes that I like, I think it's nice. I don't have it framed on my desk. But I tend to trip over it more often than not. And I think that can help you. Keep in mind, right now, if your current age is 51, your life expectancy is probably 82. If you're currently 55, your life expectancy is 82. If you're 60, your life expectancy is 83. So if you're 70 right now, your life expectancy is 86. Now, sadly, if you're 80, your life expectancy is 89. So you can start seeing that you do run out of out of uh, runway. Cash distributions from your portfolio, it's going to be a big, important thing in your retirement years. I'm still under 60, and I'm still accumulating wealth. I'm still expecting my investments to grow over time, even though I'm prepared for two to three negative years. 
like many investors, you may have unrealistic expectations if you don't plan for those two to three years. A common but incorrect assumption is that equities have historically delivered roughly 10%, that they'll be able to count on that in the future. If they return 10% and you're taking out 10%, you're going to run out of money. If you miscalculate withdrawals during market downturns, you can substantially decrease the probability of, of you know, um, your, your principal being problematic. Since 1925, inflation's averaged about 3%, the stock market about 10%. So some people say take 4% out in distributions, count on that 3% deterioration in inflation, and you should be okay. I, I think that's insane. I think people should look at themselves uniquely. Maintaining purchasing power, you know, over 30 years. And let's say you retire at 60 and live to 90. Let's say 20 years. Something that would cost you $50,000 will now cost you $89,000. So let's say your rent's $50,000 a year in retirement. You can count it going up to almost $90,000, almost doubling in those 20 years. So that's why you have to have more money saved than you expect. You don't want to deplete assets too fast. Um, but you do want to start having targets in your head. And if you haven't gone to ssa.gov, do. See what, it, it, see what you're projected to get in retirement, and then you can start thinking, what do you need on top of it? And factor in inflation. That's an important one. Be very, very, very careful of the trade-offs that you make. If you don't work with a financial planner, you probably might get into a mess. A stickier mess than what the financial planner would have got you into. Now, I don't recommend brokers. I don't recommend Confisher. I don't recommend a lot of people. I recommend fiduciaries who, who get to know you and, and don't have a machine approach. So all people are the same. And again, you're going to live a little bit longer than you thought. So I throw that out there for you. And then your survivor might live a couple more years past you, hopefully. Get some good more years without you and some love with the family. I don't know if that's important to you. So you want some check boxes in your life, you know? You have that ability to meet the people that you work with. You want to be uh, proactive in your relationship. So um, I would be very, very cautious working with anyone in the industry in large part because you can't afford mistakes and you can't afford to be taken advantage of. There's one guy who does a show on sports radio. He spends a lot of money, a lot of money, and he's got an Irish name. And uh, I just be very cautious because knowing what he sells as far as product, I'd, I'd rather jump off a 10-story building. Like, I'm, I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm sorry for saying that because someone probably knows someone who's jumped off a building before, and that's not cool. But what I'm trying to say is it's bad product. So Warren Buffett once said, and this is part of my 25 quotes that are on my desk, he said, it's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. I, I agree. Buy great companies. Another thing that he said is price is what you pay, value is what you get. It drives me insane when loved ones go out and buy plastic toys or, or plastic garbage or one-use plastic bottles, especially the smaller ones. It's not a lot of value in it. And if you can't catch your own fruit, don't go to the grocery store. Um, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. That's another Warren Buffett phrase. And you got to plant your retirement tree, right? 
I know I'm talking about saving the planet. More trees has to be a good thing. Although there's a problem of our planet hurling towards the sun um, and aliens one day visiting us and not caring about trees. In fact, liking to eat trees. So someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Think about that. It takes some work. It takes some effort. It takes distant runners mentality. It's not a get-rich-quick kind of world. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. These are interesting markets to say the least. The stories aren't sensational right now, but there's kind of a tug of war going on. Let's bring on Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com to give us a little bit of insight into the tug of war that we're seeing day to day. It feels like, uh, especially in the month of October, the Bears seem to be winning. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. So a lot of news on on correction, no correction, uh, bear market, no bear market. Uh, what's your work showing you at this point in time? Is it a rolling bear market where it goes from sector to sector, or is it going to be a big one that hits us all at once? Yeah, uh, you know, I would have to lean more in, in favor of that rolling notion, right? And that we've kind of seen that throughout the years. That you don't really have a mass exodus from the stock market per se. Um, you, you know, you've had basically just these 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 sector rotations taking place in 2018. Now, obviously, what we saw last week was more broad-based in nature, but even so, during that sell-off, you, you, you did see, you know, relative strength in some of the more defensive mining sectors like like the utilities uh, sector, healthcare, things like that. And, um, you know, so you don't have the sense, really, that there's there's this, like, panicky rush for the exits, and uh, which I think does underscore and perhaps support this notion that really what you had, was, you know, was price correction. You had uh, a number of very widely held uh, stocks, um, crowded stocks, if you will, crowded trades, that had just done tremendously. Uh, and you had come off such a really strong uh, third quarter, too, in terms of performance. And you probably had just really some collective de-risking, uh, and there was a trigger for it in the fact that, you know, interest rates moved up pretty quickly, and it kind of got people's attention, and they, I think, took a step back and said, hey, you know, I probably better take a little something off the table so I don't get too greedy here. And and now you're back in this mode of trying to reassess whether the market's going to start ramping up again, or if perhaps, you know, we get caught in one of these, uh, you know, lateral time-based corrections now that we've had the initial swoop lower. Gotcha. Now, the initial swoop lower, some people say Wall Street is a discounting mechanism and looks six months in advance, and maybe the whoosh down or the more volatility that we've had recently is being now reflected in some of the news. Walmart saying they're cutting their earnings outlook for 2019. Um, due in large part to the tariffs. Walmart expects e-commerce sales to rise aggressively, though, because they're kind of hiding it, hiding the bad news with some good news, which is a smart thing to do. Do you think the volatility that we're seeing is is leading maybe towards? Some people think the Fed is raising rates too much, and it, it'll like whammy us. It'll uh, sneak up on us. It'll be the frog in the boiling water thing. Do you yeah. think maybe six months to, is Wall Street telling us something? Well, you know, it's, it's a really good observation, Rob, in that you know the, the stock market is a discounting mechanism, and there's some uh, you know some 
performances that just don't line up with this notion that, you know, you're off to the races in terms of economic growth. Um, you know, you've had the underperformance of the home building stocks, the underperformance of the auto stocks, the semiconductor stocks, the transport stocks, right? These are all um, very closely tied to, to the economic cycle, and, and, uh, and it's been somewhat uh, disconcerting to see those groups underperform. Uh, and and you do have to, I think, lend some credence to the idea that, I, you know, that the market itself is, is starting to pay more attention to this idea that perhaps we're getting close to peak growth. And and in other words, uh, the that the easy money has been made, you know, uh, and that it's going to be more challenging now because of rising input costs, rising wage costs, um, uh, potentially, you know, seeing the impact of the tariff start showing up uh, in a more meaningful fashion in the data. Uh, and, and then, of course, as you alluded, you know, you have a Federal Reserve that is certainly in a tightening mode right now and uh, has yet to pay the lip service to the market that the market has always come to expect from the Federal Reserve, which is just, basically hints strongly that it's going to be there to provide support with, you know, uh, accommodative communication, if not actually outright accommodation, to stem any flow of losses within the uh, within the stock market. You know, the Jerome Powell Fed right now is not that kind of Fed, and and that's what uh, I think is. Uh, you know, created some disruption here, obviously, as the as market participants worry about uh, the Fed turning from friend to foe um, as as things continue to unfold in the months ahead. As always, I start my morning off by checking out your work at briefing.com. Um, your page one is obviously the first place to start because it's kind of a market preview. Uh, putting that together today, uh, you're moving into earnings season, so there's probably a lot for you to digest. Is there anything in earnings season that you want to see or come out with, or any expectations that would be a flag on a negative side? Well, you know, there, there are several things. You know, first and foremost, you know, as we allude to the stock market being a discounting mechanism, you have to pay attention to the guidance, obviously, and I think that that. The, the, you kind of have the market, uh, you know, showing some angst right now that, that the guidance in aggregate might uh, validate some of these concerns about a slower pace of growth or the fact that, you know, companies are, are starting to see margin pressures due to rising costs. Um, they're starting to see a slowdown in demand, perhaps, due to, you know, rising the tariff impact. So, um, so that those are some some things that are really going to you know resonate if you start to hear them collectively, right? Um, you know, I know, you know, last week um, you know, the warning we got out of PPG Industries was was an eye opening one because it kind of checked all those boxes, right? PPG's specialty chemicals company uh, that talked about currency pressures, tariff factors, uh, slowdown in demand in China, and then even a slowdown in uh, some of its end market demand in Europe and the United States. And obviously that stock got hit extremely hard. So if you start to see more companies, particularly within the industrials and material sector, uh, which, you know, Basically, provide the building blocks for a lot of products. Start to um, uh, start to come out and say that in you know in in a large grouping. Then I think the market starts to then sit up and pay more attention to the idea that uh, you know to this peak earnings growth narrative. 
and to the worries that you know rising interest rates and these other factors are starting to uh, create some headwinds that just did not exist. Um, you know, the market still is holding out hope. Obviously, that uh, you're going to st- still see the the positive carry through from the tax cuts, uh, which should should actually be the case. You know, we didn't have those in existence in the third quarter and the fourth quarter of last year. And so that should help. And then, of course, there's always this abiding belief that you're going to get a nice, um, uh, uh, some nice aid from corporate share buyback activity, which tends to slow, um, you know, ahead of the earnings reporting period and, and should be picking back up once these companies report their results. It's definitely an interesting time. And, uh, even headlines coming out of Saudi Arabia right now kind of get our attention, you know, because of the oil, obviously. The murder is interesting and intriguing, but the potential oil threat is something that can always throw a wrench into the markets and the economy. So it keeps us awake. But one of the things you wrote about today that I applaud you, you've been bringing up Adobe a little bit more. And I think it's so easy to fall into Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Um, just so easy to fall into those. But Adobe's quietly been kind of a, a – it's telling us a lot about tech, and it's, it's that's spending still there, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and I think that, you know, uh, obviously one of the problems for this market, you know, in the stocks you, you mentioned, the Facebooks, the, you know, the Googles, the um, uh, Apple, Microsoft, you know, um, they've been so – you know, widely owned, you know, so, so favored. Um, and obviously they have, you know, have some tremendous market capitalization so that when you see uh, some, some, some generalized profit taking across those, those big companies, you can see it impact the broader market. But, you know, I, I guess in the case of this, like a company like Adobe, and I should say, I'm not a, an Adobe analyst. I don't follow the company per se, but I, I look at it more from a, from a macro perspective that as you're talking about is that, you know, yeah, they're still seeing pretty good demand. Um, and and it's not it's not a one-size-fits-all economy either. I mean, there are companies that are going to continue to thrive here. Uh, and obviously, we're in this mode of where, you know, companies are trying to continue to improve productivity and will continue to embrace technological uh, initiatives that are going to help them do that. Um, and so, uh, so you do have to be selective, I think, you know, now, maybe more so than in the past, where you had sort of this all boats rise with the tide. And, and now, I think we're starting to see um, some dispersion there and that you're not uh, getting the the macro trade playing out so much as maybe, you know, just individual stock picking uh, that would um, carry the day here. Uh, so, so something to certainly keep an eye on here as we look at the responses to the, to the various earnings reports that are going to come out over the next several weeks. Interesting one tonight for me is Netflix, just because I live in the Bay Area, and it just seems that everyone's moving that direction. And uh, it'll be a fun one to watch, and I'll, I'll pay attention to what Briefing has to say about it tomorrow. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Thank you, as always, Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com. I start my day with his page one report, and uh, there's just so much there, like earnings calendars. You want to see when Apple reports, you go to earnings calendars. You want to see what uh, stock splits have been announced, you go to earnings calendar. Uh, you go to stock splits, the IPO market, the big picture. Um, the next big thing that's uh, articles talking about IPOs. They have it all. They've got fundamental, they've got technical, all at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at robblackshow.com. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Nancy Pelosi says if the Democrats take, well, if they take back the Congress, they will take on drug prices, background checks for guns and immigration if they win a House majority. So that's interesting to note because, again, depending on what you believe will happen, there's some investments there. There's generic drug companies, which might be winners, and there's big pharmaceutical companies, which might be losers. Gun background checks obviously tied towards the gun makers and a couple um, retailers. Uh, immigration issues, obviously labor in America. But those are the issues that she is promising, Nancy Pelosi. So that's in the news today. Walmart has cut their earnings outlook for 2019. They cited the impact of the acquisition of Indian e-commerce company Flipkart as its biggest deal ever. They expect e-commerce sales in the U.S. to rise 35% next year. The company will only open a handful of stores in the U.S. and will continue to focus on digital. So they bought a 77% stake in Flipkart for $16 billion in May as part of a longer-term strategy to keep uh, moving online. Um, so that's out there. Walmart is a big end. When they talk, we listen. Lyft is rolling out a new 30-day ride subscription for $299 a month. With Lyft's new all-access pass, you can take 30 free rides each month, as long as those rides would cost $15 or less. So if you're doing the $10 ride, eh, not so much. If you're doing a lot of $15 rides, you'll save some money. But again, only 30 free rides. The company has previously been testing a monthly plan, is now making the deal official everywhere. I haven't stopped and thought about this yet. Okay, so $299 a month. What's a car payment? Typically, 300 to 600 So, okay, okay, it's making a little bit of sense. I don't do enough uh, lifting and Ubering to tell you consistently what the prices would be. And I certainly don't do it on a 30-day basis, but I think we both know people who do. Uber's testing a similar monthly pass. But, okay, so 30 times, so the most you're going to save is 150 which isn't bad if it's 300 because then you're talking about 50%. Like, you're talking about getting a little bit more bang for your buck, right? This is part of Lyft's pushing to make car ownership optional and consistent looking for more ways to provide passengers with the easiest, most convenient options. Typical riders pay about $4.99, it says, to $15.99 for flat discount to uneligible fares for Uber. Uber's got that similar product out there, but they're all going to refine it right now. Apple bought a company called Asai, and I could be wrong how to say that, A-S-A-I-I. And ultimately, they are in a battle royale with one company, and that company would be Spotify. Asai's tools and technologies are capable of providing detailed music data insights for music streaming companies. With the help of machine learning, Asai provides artists with in-depth information about the impact of their music on users through its easy-to-use dashboards. So Spotify recently unveiled a similar feature, which allows artists to directly upload their work to the company's platform to see, you know, music-related metrics. And Asai will ultimately create personalized playlists and recommended songs to users based on their listening pattern. So that's interesting to note. You know, again... 
Apple's trying to gain a first mover advantage in terms of signing exclusive deals with upcoming artists over the likes of Amazon and Alphabet's Google's YouTube. Apple faces intense competition with Spotify, but again, no one else. Spotify has 180 million global users. Apple's user base is probably more like 50 million. Spotify's premium subscribers soared 40% year over year to 83 million. So they continue to do quite well, but so does Apple. Apple saw their music adoption service up 50% year over year, and it's contributing in large part to their services. Apple has a lot of money and makes a lot of money, and Spotify has money but isn't making a lot of money. We'll see how that battle fares in the future, right? CSX is a train company, a choo-choo company. Woo-woo! How many choo-choo companies can you think of in the United States? The answer is not many. CSX Corporation operates a major rail system, 21,000 miles in the eastern United States. They dominate 23 states, 70 ports, 240 short-line railroads. They've got the District of Columbia covered. they got parts of Canada in Quebec and Ontario. They're doing a lot of food, a lot of chemicals, a lot of consumer goods, some coal. Uh-oh, coal. And autos. So what's interesting to note about CSX is, again, how many train companies can you really think of? And the answer is probably not that many. So there's different ways to play the trains companies. There's Union Pacific, there's Norfolk Southern, there's Burlington Northern. Some of them will give you more exposure to NAFTA type of of trade. Some of them will give you more exposure to Canadian coal. So CSX has returned 33% this year. It's a big winner. And they've done it through the benefits of what they're calling precision railroading. It's scheduling and cost-cutting philosophies. When the company releases its earnings today, I'm going to be paying attention. CSX is one of the, the big tells for me on the economy. And they give a deep dive down into U.S. industrial and consumer end markets. They give a lot of data. It's an all-American business with 100% of its operations in the lower 48 states, essentially. So it's not a big play on the international stock market, whether it's working or not. It's a play on the U.S. economy and whether it's working or not. Of course, fuel fluctuation prices are going to be a factor. But again, how many monopolies can you own that are bad investments? Think about it on that level. It's expensive for the way it trades today. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.